it's not monday guys thank you so much i know i normally do this show on mondays but i'm gonna tell you why i needed to take yesterday off so i took a rest day yesterday um and i'm gonna share some 90 day exclusive stuff the melanated way specifically with you guys um and more to uh, news and gossip on friday but my favorites were in town so molly and kelly are in town uh, so we spent the weekend hanging out and I might've overdone it just a little bit. So I needed a full day to recuperate from my weekend. Uh, we had a great time. Uh, these two are celebrating their one year anniversary and they are so awesome. I just love Molly's my favorite. As you guys know, I've known her for quite some time now. And Kelly is quickly becoming one of my new favorites. And so, that's why I didn't have the show yesterday. I needed to recuperate. So here we are uh, looking at great views of great cities and having all the fun. It was, it was a good time. Uh, it was nice to catch up in person uh, with all this COVID stuff as you see the night went on. And these are only the pictures I can show you. That's, that's all I'm gonna say. Like I needed to take all of yesterday off from all the jobs and what was so sweet is that if you guys know anything about happily ever after and you know anything about uncle bo molly gifted me with this crazy funny mask and it's an uncle bo mask and when i say that this mask caused the stir it caused the stir and i kept forgetting that i had it on and i kept forgetting what the mask was and it was just a mess but it was a fun mess people were like just freaking out like what's happening is that like is that someone's face the whole nine yards so uh, that's why this show is today and not yesterday. So thank you for bearing with me. Uh, all the good times, Friday's show, if you're a Patreon subscriber, I will give you all the lowdown and exactly what happened and, and, and all the fun and all the good stuff for that. So make sure to tune in on Friday for our news and gossip. Gonna do some housekeeping as usual, you guys, before I jump into the other way. And all I have to say is like the other way had me, listen, I was about to say some cuss words the other way. But before I do that, guys, if you could support the show, that'd be great. Um, we're trying to continue to grow. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Wherever you're watching, please like and subscribe. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, it takes two minutes and it's free to do. Um, and at the bottom of your screen, you can see where you can support the show. Um, support the show. Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, it really does help. And um, my Patreon subscribers, Olivia, Vanessa, Trisha, Sandra, Carol, Trina, Danielle, Rebecca, Marianne, Nia, Radella. Hey, Radella, I see you in the live chat. Linda, Brianna, Crystal, Nicole, Amanda, Jaleesa, Angela, Donover, Anchor FM. Uh, I appreciate y'all so much. Without you, these shows would not be possible. Uh, hey, Amanda, hey, girl, hey. And hey, Esfere, thank you. I know you're in Amsterdam, I believe. Thank you for being up and able to join our lives. Um, so yeah, guys, love you guys. 
Let's do this the other way. Season three, can you believe that it's been three seasons? Hey, Dustin, you're new. Everyone say hi to Dustin. Um, season three, episode one, love makes you crazy. It does make you crazy. It does, but not as crazy as these other way cast members. Okay, so we get to meet Victoria, who, excuse me, we get to meet Victor, who's 38, uh, for Columbia. Now, we don't really actually meet him. We just kind of see pictures of him and his backstory. We do meet Ellie, who's 45. She's from the Pacific Northwest, um, living in Seattle, and I dare say living her best life, right? Living her best life until we find out about her backstory. And her backstory just had me like, whoa, whoa, slow down. So uh, we find out it's hurricane season over in Columbia and uh, it's a category five. There was mass destruction and she, Ellie, hasn't heard from Victor uh, in since the hurricane hit. Now it's also hurricane season over um, Louisiana, Mississippi, all of those states. So let's definitely keep those states in our prayers. But you know, hurricanes are a big deal. And, you know, all what can you do with natural disaster disasters, but just try to be safe. So there's that. So there's mass destruction in the back. Hasn't heard from her man since the storm. And she's worried. We see her crying. I'm having like Darcy flashbacks. I'm like, oh, they're in the same age bracket. I think they're like a year apart. And there's a lot of crying going on here. There's a young guy situation going or younger guy situation going on here. I, I was like, she's definitely giving me some Var Darcy vibes, but I'm gonna try to remain neutral and see where this goes. But she's crying. She's worried. She doesn't know where Victor is. She hasn't heard from Victor. She can't, you know, get a hold of him. She doesn't know if she, he survived. And she's like, how do you even survive things like that? Okay, well, Ellie, let's take a breath because people do survive natural disasters. And let's just hope that Victor is fine. So they flash back. It's a week early. And we find out that Ellie, the new lady, which by the way, I'm so happy to get to know some new characters, like continue to like filter in the new characters. I'm about that life. Uh, Amanda says the hurricane hit November 14th. So we know when this was, Ooh, that's some good tea right there. And S4A says, you got good intuition. Yes, girl. I always tell you guys, listen to your gut. My gut talks to me daily. So we find out that Ellie is a business owner. She's an entrepreneur. She has a pizza parlor that she's owned for the last seven years. And just as an entrepreneur myself in the past, it is your blood, sweat, and tears. Blood, sweat, and tears. Like you put up with so much and you give it your all. So we find out that she's quite successful. She's had this business for seven years. And dare I say, you guys, survived the pandemic. How many restaurants, wherever you are, has survived the pandemic? Because I know a ton of my favorite spots that are no longer open. Mom and pop shops, little cute restaurants, little cute bars, they didn't survive. So you know she's doing something good when she was able to survive this this pandemic. Now she's owned it for seven years with her partner, Dylan. Uh, she grew up in Austin, Nevada. Now I didn't even know that that was a place, but I'm going to look it up. 
on a farm in a log cabin that her dad built. She's like a farm girl, but she really knew that she wanted to be a city girl and move to the big city. So she moved to Seattle in, in 1995. She got married at 28, love of her life. She was happy. He was a fun loving guy. And then you guys, they hit us with the kicker. They hit us with, oh, so she was married for 11 months. She goes to bed one day, she wakes up and her husband's dead. All of that in five minutes, in the first five minutes. Hurricane, pizza owner, log cabins, small town girl, finds the love of her life and then boom, after only being a newlywed still, cause you know that first year is your newlywed phase. After 11 months, you wake up one day, probably like, hey, I'm going to make pancakes and eggs and go wake up my husband. Your husband's dead. Like, of course, she's traumatized. Of course, she has issues. And I'm going to tell you those issues are, are carried forward with her to this day. So he died in his sleep and it changed her life. She said, of course, it changed your life. Traumatic. Can you imagine? You find, Hey, Stevie. Can you imagine, you guys, like you finally find the love of your life and 11 months later, your life is torn apart. Like I just felt for her. I just felt for her. Finds out a few weeks later that he OD'd on prescription painkillers. And after that, she just had a hard time opening up to people. She had, you know, abandonment issues. She had fear of losing someone, the whole thing. And that followed her for most of her life. Then at 43, she decides that she's doing a solo trip to Colombia with a, and meets up with a friend of hers. They go to Providence uh, at a beach bar. That's where she meets Victor. Now, my assumption is that Victor is a bartender there because she said immediately they had chemistry, they had sexual tension. He made her the best pina colada that quote unquote, she said, changed her life. Now, I don't want to be an asshole, you guys, but I'm about to be an asshole and here's why. Okay. Two minutes ago, you told us this tragic story about your husband dying, dying in his sleep, and you quoted, it changed your life. And then you're now in that same breath telling me a pina colada changed your life. I don't know. I thought it was a weird word choice. I thought it was, those are two things that change your life in completely different ways. I get a great drink, but your spouse dying changes your life. A pina colada, it could be good. I don't know if it's life changing. So we get this like video clip of Victor. And so now I'm not sure if Victor's a bartender or if he's a musician because he's singing a song for his baby. And it was like a whole thing. And I, I was like, what, what, does, what does Victor do? Because that's not yet clear to me. And if I'm going to get this whole tragic, crazy story, I'm going to need to know Victor's background. Like, what does Victor do? Is he a bartender or is he a musician? Or is he both? Because, I mean, you know, he could be... Binyam has, like, 30 jobs. You could, you could be many things. So he's singing to her and... Um, She's about to leave and you know, all the shows on TLC, I feel like they all have something similar in common. So she's about to leave. It's the last day of her trip, which reminded me of Ariana 
and uh, her situation, you know, meeting her dude two days before she was going to leave and getting knocked up. I, I felt that same vibe. So last day of her trip, Victor asked her not to leave. So what does she do? She extends her trip for two weeks. They continue the relationship when she gets back to Seattle and she's been back uh, to Columbia a couple of times and they decided that they want to be together. Okay. So I need to know because I, I know that in my notes somewhere, I think that they've been together for a total of 100 days. So if you were there for two weeks, yes, I'm going to book to do the math. If you were there the first time and you met him, a few days before you were leaving, because that's a couple of days, and then you extended for two weeks, that's 14 days, so from 14 to 16 days, and then you went back for a couple of times. Let's add in another, what, 28 days? Like, I'm trying to do the math here. Y'all, so you've known him for maybe three months, for maybe three months, maybe in real life. You guys have been talking on the phone, and y'all already know how I feel about online relationships and Phone relationships, those are not real relationships. You do not know your person if you are not spending time in real life with them, finding out how they live, finding out how you guys connect in real life. Everything is roses and rainbows online. So let me be clear about that as well. So they want to be together. She wants to have a move to the U.S., They started the K-1 visa process. March 2020 happened. That was supposed to be his interview, which I felt was quite convenient too, by the way. Little skeptical, but I'm going to go with it. Pandemic hits. His interview gets canceled. They don't want to wait together. Wait to be together. Why? He's not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. We're still in the midst of a pandemic. What can you not wait about? What do you need to be doing right now that you need to go with Victor immediately, if not sooner. I'm trying to figure that out. What's the rush? What's the rush, Ellie? So she's decided because she can't wait any longer. Uh, she's moving to Provincia, a small little island in Colombia. Apparently there's like 6,000 people there. Victor calls it a mini Jamaica. Um, and so she's going to sell her car. She's going to sell her furniture. She's going to get rid of anything, everything. And by the way, she's going to sell the restaurant that she owns that has provided her entire lifestyle that has given her all the things that she even said, self-proclaimed that her identity is wrapped up into successful life. She's going to sell it to her partner, Dylan, and she's going to walk away to move to be with Victor, who she's known for 100 days, maybe. And those 100 days were all vacay days. Not real life, like I'm living here days, vacay days. And you know, life is great when you're on vacation. I'm sorry, what, Ellie? What What are you doing exactly? What What are you doing? Why, why, are, you sell, why are you selling your life? your life works. You're selling your successful restaurant for the cabana boy. What? I'm sorry. I was like, what? literally my note, if I could show you was like, what? So <sighs> Dylan's like, you know, you're walking away from a lot. 
you know, are you sure you want to do this? He even asked her, do you think that, you know, Victor has any ulterior motives? Like, is he may maybe using you for financial gain? But she loves him. She wants to take the chance. Okay, now Ellie had me. She had me with, you know, love will make you do crazy things. I'll, I'll tell you, I'm not crazy enough to sell my business for some dude that I met and spent a hundred vacation days with. I'm not that crazy, but she had me, okay? She had me with like, oh, I'm in love and I'm gonna take a leap of faith and woo, 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 all the things. Okay, you had me. So she's packing and, you know, she wants some comforts from home. So she's packing some food that to make sure that she feels comfortable when she gets there. And her friend Hiromi comes over and she's not happy about the move at all. She thinks that it's not a good idea whatsoever. And, you know, that she's acting a little crazy and she's going to the extreme. And here's where I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, this isn't. We find out what 30 minutes into it that Victor has already lied and cheated on her. Um, hey, hi, you should have started with that. You should have started 30 minutes ago in the episode when you said that you were going to sell your restaurant and your home and your car and all your, your worldly things to go move with the dude that you met on vacation, have known in person for 100 days that he cheated and lied to you. You should have started with that. I, as a viewer, as a reporter, as a journalist, I'm gonna need to know the facts up front. I don't need you to reel me in and feel for you and think, oh, it's all about love and, and peace and love when you're picking up your life and moving across the world and leaving your bread and butter for a dude that lied and cheated to you? Yeah, you needed to have led with that. So we find out that seven months ago, Victor cheated on her. And the only reason that she found out, and I, I told you this on many episodes, and I'm gonna tell you this again, cheaters always get caught, period. Because especially in this social media, online era, the side chick or the side dude or the side piece always wants to be like, hey, by the way, they don't want to remain in the background forever. So they're going to go ahead and either tell you directly or the friend's going to tell you or you're going to find uh, a photo that wasn't deleted. It's in the deleted pictures, but it's actually not deleted from the phone or you're going to get you're going to be rolling over in bed and a text is going to pop up or you're going to see something on Facebook or you're going to see something on Instagram. Listen. It is very hard to cheat and not get caught in 2021, okay? I'm just, I'm just like, unless you're a professional cheater and liar, you're gonna get caught, period. Uh, oh, this girl, okay, so sorry. I have been covering it. Hey, sorry, not sorry. You can reach out to Linda on Instagram where I think Rodella can help. Yes. So sorry, I talked about you. Um, 
I have had so much respect for you. If you watch my show, I've been talking all the good things about you. I do want to interview you. Definitely reach out to me um, and let's do this because I want to hear your side of things and I'm 100% not impressed with this. Been this long-term relationship with Sorry and then all of a sudden, boom, you leave and all of a sudden you think that you're in love with this girl that's not in love with you and now what, are you going to come back to California and then be like, hey, girl, hey? Nah. We don't waste women's time like that. So, um, DM me. So, Raydella, give you the information. Go ahead and DM me, and uh, you and I can have a conversation. Back to this. So, Victor's a cheater. Victor's a cheater. Cheated seven months ago, and the side chick message because the side chick always messages. And said this, and I literally had to pause it, y'all. I had to pause it so that I could write it down, so that I could reread it. And obviously, English is her second language, but we're going to get the gist of it. So side chick messaged her, hey, maybe you uh, worry why Victor, and then in brackets, Baba, which I guess is his nickname, don't chat you anymore, period, easy, period. He's my boyfriend, and he's living in my house in Provencia period. We are in love and I don't want anyone, him, ex-girlfriend to disturb us. Okay. Quarantine all the time. We stay at home, sex, love, cook, and many more. Victor, he's a good boy and he doesn't want to hurt your heart. Um, so someone had to inform you, period. It's life. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can you imagine getting that text message? So let me just break that down for you. Because I, and I'm just going with the information that I got from this episode, but I can deduce that Victor's a bum. Victor probably has no money. The quarantine and the pandemic because he was in the service industry and we all know the services shut down, he didn't have a job and he also didn't have somewhere to stay. So he met another girl, shocked up with her, was able to quarantine with her in her house because she said, is living with me in my house, okay? So he could have a roof over his head and food in his belly and all the sex and love that he wanted, okay? tells her the random side chick, or maybe she's not the side chick, maybe she's the main chick now, that, oh, by the way, I have this ex-girlfriend who lives in America, just FYI, said it like that. So of course, let me get on my social media and find who this ex-person is and let me message her and say, hey, you know what? You haven't heard from this dude because he's with me now and you better back off. Okay, wait, what? Now, Ellie says that she confronted him and he denied it. Well, duh, 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 he denied it. Who's going to say, oh, yeah, by the way, I was cheating on you. Of course, he's going to say, no, I was never cheating on you. What? Then she finds out that the side chick or the main chick, whatever you want to call her, the other woman sent pictures and photos of them together, video of them together, him shacked up in her house all like lovey-dovey, shirtless, posing, the, all the things. What does Victor do? 
Victor puts the blame on the girl and then says, which had me fall out, and then says he was tricked by her, he was trapped by her, and that he was feeling lost. You know what? I'm gonna need you to stop it. Then he says he didn't know what he was doing. You didn't know what you were doing when you moved in with the new girl. You didn't know what you were doing when you were having sex with the new girl. You didn't know what you were doing when it was a pandemic and you had nowhere to go, but you moved into the new girl's house. You didn't know what you were doing and she tricked you. Didn't you just five minutes ago say that it wasn't true and denied it? So you, you denied it and it's not true or were you tricked into being into a relationship? And I'm sorry, how does that even work? How do you get tricked into a relationship? How do you get tricked into living to, with somebody? It, is there no door for you to walk out? Oh, but if you walk outside, where will you go, Victor? So then Hiromi, Ellie's friend says, so Victor's just gonna say sorry a couple of times and that's it. He's forgiven, all's well that ends well. And then Ellie says, yeah, because she thinks he seems sincere. You've known him for a hundred days, Ellie. I think personally that you might not want to uproot your life and sell your business to go live with a cheating liar scrub. Like I, you might not want to do that, Ellie. I'm not saying like, Hey, I always make the right choices. But if there is a red flag that screams red flag, red flag, this screams red flag. So I want to say this right here, right now, on the first episode that I'm reviewing you guys so that we can all go back to refer to it. I do not want to see Ellie crying in a corner like I see Darcy crying in a corner all, episode, all season. I refuse. The warning signs were here on episode one, Ellie, for you to not go because your man that you've known for a hundred days was cheating on you and living with the woman that he was cheating on. So I'm gonna need you to not go to Colombia. And if you decide to go to Colombia and he's A, using you for your money and B, you find out he's still cheating. C, I'm just absolutely not gonna watch you sit in a corner and cry and FaceTime Hiromi and say how you made a big friggin' mistake. You can't believe you uprooted your life and now you've lost it all and your business was all you. I'm gonna need you to not do that. Just saying. I'm just. If you are taking this leap of faith for someone who's already lied and cheated to you, then go ahead and suffer the consequences. Next up. And I want to say again, I have a disclaimer for this, you guys. Um, here's my disclaimer. A lot of you guys know me from my after buzz days and, um, I'm trying to be politically correct. So as you know, I'm an entertainment reporter and that's what I do. I report on entertainment. I love everything 90 day. I am not a fan of Evelyn and I'm not a fan of Evelyn. And I'm going to tell you why, because Evelyn is a bully and she is not pro-women, and she tears women down all the time. 
all the time. And if you want to go back into social media, you can see all the women that she's been at war with and calling names and doing lives and all the things. I don't know if it's because of its insecurity. I don't know what it is, but she's a mean girl. And she came for me and my co-host uh, at After Buzz, and she literally called us and posted it, blasted all across social media that we were bitches with microphones because she didn't like what we were talking about. So that's my disclaimer. So anything I say about Evelyn, know that that's the disclaimer. If it sounds like I have a little uh, extra uh, in my voice, I do. And until she decides that she wants to apologize to not only me, but to all the women that she disrespects on a regular basis, then I'm always gonna have a little uh, in my voice when it comes to her. Okay. That being said, Evelyn and Corey are in Ecuador. They're surfing. And, you know, I thought it was very, it was like a metaphor when the opening scene was Corey slathering sunblock on her ass. Just thought that that sets the tone for their entire relationship. The second thing I wanted to say is how do you guys think that Corey stays in Ecuador if they're not already married? How does he have a driver's license? He's driving her around. They have a home. They have a business, but they're not married yet. Uh, see, Kimberly said, I remember that. Yeah, Kimberly, I remember too. I remember too. And I can forgive, but I do not forget, especially when it's women attacking other women. I personally will never forget that. And until I hear some type of apology, like I said, it's right here. So... So, how? How is Corey staying in Ecuador for all of these years? Because you guys, they've been together for years and he's been there for at least two years. So how is he staying there without already being married to her? I'm just, I'm wondering what you guys think. Because it's not like he's like on a tourist visa and he's coming back to America every six months. How do you guys think, How do, I'm curious. Let me know in the live chat. Let me know in the replay. Uh, I think they're already married. I think that the reason why they're on the other way is because they needed another other way storyline to go with. It's been already a couple of years. And so let's continue to create their storyline. So I think that they're already married. And I think that this whole like, ooh, I didn't really want to get married to him. I never wanted to be married. It's going to be their whole storyline for the entire season. But meanwhile, they're already married. They have a business. They have a home. They have a car. But let's go with that. So um, they give us back the backstory. And if you guys don't remember, brief recap, they met over six years ago. They've had a roller coaster relationship. Um. She originally, he really wanted her to come to the U.S. She didn't like it. So originally the plan was her to move to the U.S. She comes to the U.S. She doesn't like it. So she wants to go back. He's been living there for two years. He had a hard time adjusting to Ecuador. Um, but he wanted to marry Evelyn. And she didn't want to get married. So they went back and forth on that. And we saw all that pan out. I don't know if I want to get married and blah, 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 and asking for the hand in marriage. And then the big proposal on the beach. We saw the whole thing. Um, also in this time, unfortunately, Corey's father passed away. And he said that that put things in perspective for him. He really realized the importance of family. So he proposed to Evelyn. Evelyn says yes. Um, but they had problems. So they always have problems, by the way. So they're working through their problems. 
uh, but she was dragging her feet because she didn't want to get married. She didn't want to get married. And um, she also didn't like the fact that he wasn't learning Spanish and he was breaking her promises over and over to her. So she's like, I don't know if I want to marry him. And so then she broke up with them. And now she's called it a break. They're on break. And I'm going to let you know that if you're on break, you're broken up. If you're on break, you're broken up. Period. You don't take a break from your relationship. Okay. If you are, if you're like, hey, let's go to counseling. And in the meantime, maybe we live apart, but we're still working on relation. That's one thing. But when you're on break, you're broken up, in my opinion. Don't come for me. That's what I believe. So they're on break. And she says her words. She wanted to make him see that he could lose her and also wanted to show him the effects of not keeping his promises. And, oh, his promises that he didn't keep is, oh, you're not learning Spanish enough. You're not engaging with my family enough. All the dumb shit, okay? Because he is at least trying to learn Spanish, right? And, you know. He asked you to marry him. You said yes. You could have said no, Evelyn. So she broke up with him. She called it a break. He was heartbroken. So he went to Peru to surf around for, for a month. And again, I'm asking you guys, how is he able to go to Peru, not being any type of citizen, not being married, but able to move around and, and not work for months on end and just go go live in Peru for a month and surf and do all the things. But while he while he's in Peru, you guys, while he's in Peru, he meets a girl. And he feels like he's there for a month. He's going to go back to Ecuador, get his things and move on with his life because Evelyn's been on break with him. But he gets back and the pandemic happened. He says the quarantine happened, so they had to quarantine together. They weren't together together. And I remember exactly when this happened. They weren't together together. And she would post on her social media, you guys, that, oh, we're not together, but we're forced to be together because we have to quarantine together. Those are the things, the type of things she would say about her supposed man. So how are you now mad that he, he met someone else? So she finds out through her friend that he was seeing another girl while he was in Peru. Her name is Jenny, and she's mad about it. So this is Jenny, and apparently the story is that they hung out only for four days, that um, they never had sex, and Evelyn asks, are you having sex with her? And he says, no, he tried once, but he quote, couldn't get it up. Okay. Do we believe that? Do I believe that? I'm going to tell you right now that I don't believe that for one minute. I don't believe that for one minute. In fact, just Covering all things TLC all the time, I'm going to let you know what's happening right now. There is no reason for us to A, know her name, and B, have a picture. And I only took one. There was like two pictures of them. Have a picture of her if there's not more to this story. 
if we're not going to hear more from this Jenny story, look, I already know her name, then I don't know what to tell you. But I'm going to tell you right now that this is not the last we're going to hear of Jenny. That's why we're seeing her photo and knowing her name. And no, I do not believe that they hung out for four days and they couldn't have sex for the one day because he couldn't get it up. Don't believe it for one minute. Were these two a thing while they were on break and broken up? Absolutely. Can he tell Evelyn that? Absolutely not, because Evelyn is a mean girl. And Evelyn will do all the things to make Corey feel like more shit than she already treats him like. So he's going to say, oh, no, we didn't have sex. We tried to one time, but I couldn't get it up. Lies. Yes, Better Day. Better Day says, lies. They did that thing. So... Evelyn's mad, but guess what? They spent months in quarantine together, working on their relationship. Things are better with them. Six months into quarantine, Ecuador is opening up again, and so they're reopening their bar. Corey says that the pandemic made their relationship stronger, and oh, by the way, they're getting married in five months. Evelyn still feels like she has trust issues with Corey, so hasn't told her family. And then we get the Corey's to camera that there's some information that he's withheld from her. And once he tells her, he knows that she's going to go off the deep end. And I'm trying to tell you that the information that he didn't tell her is that he was actually in a relationship with this girl, Jenny, and it was more serious than him not being able to get it up, period. So parents love Corey. They're going to go and announce that they have, they're getting married. They have a wedding date set, the whole nine yards. They do the announcement. Now we meet Clever the dad, Senate the mom, Cider the bro, Roger the bro, Leslie the sister that we find out Leslie and Corey don't get along. She doesn't like him. She actually hates him, in fact. Um, they announce their wedding intentions. Mom's happy for them. Thinks like Corey's the knees, bees, the bees, cheese, whatever that saying is. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, but we find out that, you know, again, Evelyn said that she never wanted to get married and she doesn't need it or want it. And the only reason she's doing it is to make Corey happy. Now, can I tell you that that is no reason to get married? It's no reason to get married. You're, so you're trying to tell us that the only reason you're marrying Corey because you don't need it or want it is because you want to make Corey happy. Since when? Since when do you want to make Corey happy? Since when are you not degrading Corey and saying some shitty thing about him, how he's some shitty type of person? Since when do you want to make him happy? Is this, is this a new Evelyn that we're seeing? Because the only Evelyn I ever see talks shit about him on a regular and treats him awfully and has cheated on her own terms and has, has been on break and been with a bunch of different dudes in his face. So let's not be on our high horse and preach that Corey cheated on you when you guys were actually indeed broken up. And let's not make a big deal of Jenny when we can go ahead and pull up the skeletons in your closet, Evelyn. So if you don't wanna get married, which I already know that they're already married, but if you don't wanna get married, then just don't get married. Save us all the hassle. And like, I don't, 
I feel for Corey, you guys, like I do. But then at the same time, I'm trying to figure out why he puts up with it. You know, she made a comment about puppy eyes and he always gives her puppy dog eyes. And like, I think he seems like he's a good guy. I think he seems like he's a nice guy. I don't understand what it is that he's holding on to. And the only thing that I can think of is that he picked up his life. He married this chick. He started a business. He has a whole life there in Ecuador now. And now that's that's why he's staying. So there's that. Now, they announced the wedding. Sister's against it. Sister thinks that Corey's a fake. Sister thinks that he plays all innocent, but she knows about him going to Peru looking for girls. And I was like, first of all, the sister is like a teenager. What the fuck does she know? She doesn't know nothing. She doesn't even know that there's an actually one girl and they were on break. So again, I'm going to need to know how he's being fake when Evelyn said that she didn't want to be with him. And this is not the first time that this girl has said that she doesn't want to be with him and doesn't treat him right. So what are you exactly mad about, Leslie? You don't like Corey for Evelyn. Well, guess what? The rest of us don't like Corey having Evelyn as a partner. So it's a lose-lose situation for all of us. You may not like Corey. We don't like Evelyn. Now what? They're married. Next is Ari and Binyam. Now, you guys, this, listen, this is only episode one. This is only episode one. Episode one. So Ari and Binyam are living their best lives. So if you don't know, I'm gonna about to like wreck a bit of stuff for you. So if you don't want any spoilers, then, you know, close your ears right now. But they're back in the US. They're in New York City. Binyam recently did an MMA fight. All the 90 days were there. You're going to see that this season. You're going to see um, Angela. You're going to see Andrew. You're going to see a bunch of people that all came to support Binyam in his fight. Um, and so don't be surprised that you see that this season happening. So we get their backstory. Ari from Princeton, New Jersey. She can't believe that she's starting a family in Ethiopia. They met in the streets. And I had a whole joke, but I, you know what I mean. They met in the streets. And two years ago, Ari says they were traveling. She was traveling through Ethiopia. She had just filed for divorce. He turned, looked at her. She asked him to come over. The rest is history. She got pregnant three months into dating, left the U.S. because uh, she left to the U.S. because she didn't think that she wanted to be in Ethiopia. But then it was difficult for Binyam to get a visitor's visa, which is a whole other story that I've talked about in the past that I'll get into as we get further into the season, because obviously he's here in America now. So she decided to go back to Ethiopia so that she could have her baby there and Binyam can witness the birth of the baby. Um, and so they're talking and this past year, they've had some good times, they've had some bad times. 
Um, he says it was they've had the best times. They've had some terrible times. She gets all defensive. She's like, what was a terrible time? And then he talks about when the mom came, it was stressful for him. And plus they were fighting a lot. Uh, but, you know, he's happy too. And her whole demeanor changed. Her whole demeanor was like, wait, what? How are you going to say that was the worst year of your life? When was the birth of your baby? All the things. Now, then we meet Mimi, who's their live-in nanny. So in the downtime, in the off-season, right, when the other way was not on, we see that they've moved from some little apartment. They've moved into a three-bedroom house. They've hired a nanny. Her name is Mimi. Ariella says it's common for people to have uh, live-in help. Childcare is cheaper in Africa. Um, and there in, in Ethiopia, it's $200 a month. She doesn't work. Binyam doesn't work. So the parents are paying for everything, the house, the nanny, the lifestyle. Okay, so that is true. In Africa, it is common to have live-in help. And it does help. Oftentimes it's students who are going to school. It helps them pay for their schooling and whatnot. Now, I don't know. Normally it's like, People who have money, they can hire help, have living nannies. So I'm trying to wrap my mind around what I'm trying to tell you guys. And here, here's the part that I'm having a hard time with. If Binyam doesn't work and Ariella doesn't work, what is it that you need help with, right? And I've had this conversation when it came to Libby working from home. But if you also are now not even working, what what do you what do you live what do you need a live-in nanny for? That's the part that's confusing to me. So if you're just walking to the market, your full-time job is to take care of your baby and there are two of you, but you want to talk about how childcare is cheaper in Africa and it's only $200 a month. Are you saying that because you think that you're doing the locals a favor? Like I, I, I have questions about that. Because you're saying it's cheaper and it's only $200, but it's not your $200. Anyways. Parents are helping them because Binyam is not working. And I thought it was interesting that she said that Binyam was not working because you two are not working. So the both of you are not working. So you should probably say my parents are helping us because neither of us work. And, you know, Binyam says it's been five months. COVID, it's been an obstacle for him. Well, yeah, COVID was an obstacle for all of us. It shut all of our lives down and we've all had hardships. 
but he works in the service industry. So he's a dancer, a choreographer, a singer, a martial, a singer, a martial artist, and all the clubs are closed. So he's not making money. And so someone needs to fund their life. And I guess the parents are willing to help. Um, and she says the parents are helping them because Binyam's not working. And again, I want to say, well, you're not working either. So the parents are helping the both of you because you both don't work. But you need help and you need a live-in nanny and you need to make a mental note and a verbal note to let all us know that childcare is cheaper in Africa. It's only like $200 a month. Hi, Lynn. Hey, girl. Hey. I just, I have questions, y'all. That's all I'm saying. I have questions. I have questions. I need to know what you're busy doing. But in the meantime, Ariella says that Benny really helps, uh, excuse me, Mimi really helps her with everything. Helps her with the culture, with the lifestyle, with cooking. She's really become her best friend because she doesn't really have any friends there. Um, and so Mimi is like family to her. And especially when Binyam goes out. So even though he's not working, he goes to the studio and works on his music or he goes to his friends and he stays out all night and it's isolating for her. And she says it's more isolating because she doesn't have deep relationships with anyone there. Why not? If you live there and you're not working and you can walk the streets, why can you not meet people? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know, you guys. Something about it just seems a little off to me. Seems a little off to me. If Binyam's not working, but he wants to work on his music, I get that. But then he's going to go out hang with his friends. With what money? With no job. And then why does he have to stay out all night? And if you don't like that, then why not have a conversation with your husband? Say, hey, we have a newborn. It's not appropriate for you not to come home at night. I, I just, I'm trying to figure out where the communication is. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. So because she feels isolated and because she feels like she doesn't have deep relationships with anyone, her ex-husband is coming to visit her. She misses him and it's her best friend. They're best friends. They talk all the time and he's really involved in her life. What the fuck? What? I'm sorry. I watched the whole... We're in season three. I watched a whole season of y'all. I watched what, two seasons? It's been two, I don't even know. I've watched more than one season where I did not see a peep, nothing of this Leandro guy. I didn't see you on the phone with him. I didn't see you texting him. I didn't see video chatting him. I didn't hear his name in your mouth. And all of a sudden now he's your best friend and he's a big part of your life. Since when? Since when? Okay. Questions. But I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on and continue on. But I, I have questions about your bestie. Okay. So he's really involved in her life. 
and they talk all the time. And she's telling Mimi, you know, is that weird? And she's like, yeah, it's totally weird. Divorce is divorce. Um, you know, in Ethiopia, when you get divorced, you don't then go ahead and meet up with your ex-husband again and invite them to your home to stay with you. Like, that's just another thing here. Then she's FaceTiming. She's FaceTiming on her computer with Leandro. And she says, Ola, and then she starts laughing that she almost called him babe because she's so used to calling him babe. That is the first red flag, my friends. I'm telling you this right now, right here. That's the first red flag that there's gonna be a problem in the relationship. And I'm gonna tell you that this is the first red flag. When you are calling your ex-husband of 10 years, babe, and inviting him to your home because your husband is gallivanting in the streets, that's the first red flag. So he's already in Ethiopia. He's quarantining in the hotel for three days because that's the rule there. And then the math doesn't add up to me. Yes. Hey, Word Nerd. Word Nerd says, LOL, Mimi's her bestie, Leandro's her bestie, but her husband's not her bestie. Facts. Facts. So here's my second question, okay? So in the beginning of the show, you know how they... They say who they peep the people are and they say where they're from. So Ariella is 29 and Binyam is 31. Okay. That's what they that's that's what they say. That's what the they profess to be true. But then later on, she said that she met Leandra when she was 19. They got close really fast. They got married six months later moved to the U.S. on a Spazla visa. They were married for 10 years. So 10 plus 19 is 29, okay? But the last three years, they weren't living together because she wanted to travel and he wanted to work on his doctorate, so they broke up. You got married at 19, you were married for 10 years, which would make you 29. But now you are 29 and you have a two-year-old and you have been with Binyam for the last two years. Married at 19 for 10 years. And you're 29 now again, and you have a two-year-old. Okay. Okay, you guys. I'm just putting it out there. Something doesn't sound right to me. So, and the only reason you broke up is because you wanted to travel, and he wanted to get his education. So... So you love him and he's your best friend. And the only reason you broke up is because you wanted to travel. So do you still want to travel or are you settled down? Because if you don't want to travel anymore, then what, what's keeping you from being with your ex-husband? So 
they broke up, but she then says that they have a connection that no one can break. Binyan's not completely comfortable with their relationship. Um, it scares him, makes him jealous. He's worried because his first wife went back to her ex, so he's got abandonment issues as well. And he doesn't want to have issues and break up his family because he loves his family. Uh, doesn't want to lose Ariella. All the things. But he doesn't want to say no because everyone's welcome in Ethiopia. Your enemies are welcome. Your friends are welcome. Everyone's welcome. So it's okay that he's the ex-husband of 10 years who has more history with your wife, or she's not even your wife yet, your fiance, has more history with her, is going to come and stay in your house while you gallivant and go to the studio. And he's going to meet your baby. Okay. Then the sisters come over. So we have Mimi, the nanny, but we also have Mimi, the sister, and Wish, the sister. They come over. For some reason, Ariella feels like she needs to tell them everything. So she has an announcement to let them know. And they're like, oh, what, are you pregnant again? She's like, no, my ex is visiting me. It's good news. He's my best friend. He's going to be staying here. We're going to kick the nanny out of her room and pop him in her room. And, you know, Mimi didn't mince her words. These are Mimi's words, not my words. So don't come for me. She said, I think this is white people shit. We don't do that here in Ethiopia. We don't invite our ex-husbands to come stay at our current common-law husband's house with us and the baby because that we're best friends and we have a connection that no one can break. So then, because Wish is savage like that. Oh, actually it wasn't Wish. It was, it was Wish she told. So Ariella told Wish a secret. Wish told her sister Mimi and Mimi put Ariella on the spot. So Mimi turns to Ariella and says, tell your man. Ariella's like, tell my man? Tell my man what? That you spent time in New Jersey. I know about New Jersey. Go ahead and tell him. Because if you don't tell him, I will tell him. And oh, by the way, she then starts speaking Ethiopian and tells Binyam ahead of Ariella that, oh, by the way, when your wife went back to America, so we know that she went back when she left, when she got pregnant, that when she was like four to five months pregnant, her ex, Leandro, came and stayed with her in her apartment for a couple of weeks and she didn't tell you. And oh, she told Wish because the two of them were sharing secrets. And so it was a secret that she was never gonna tell Binyan. So now Binyan's feelings are hurt, wants to know, did you sleep with him? Why did you keep it secret? Why didn't you just tell me? And Arya felt like it wasn't a big deal. And then she was mad at Wish for telling Mimi, who then told everyone. But here's the thing, why are you keeping a secret like that from your from your baby daddy? Why? This is supposed to be your future husband. Why are you keeping a secret? And why is your ex-husband visiting you? Oh, because he's your best friend and your husband's not your best friend? Ah. 
I, I just, listen, those red flags are huge. They're huge. Red flag, red flags. That's going to be the problem. The problem in this, in this relationship is going to be there's a third person in the relationship. And Ariella just looks a little too happy with her husband. Oh, I met her ex-husband. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Super ridiculous. But that's going to be the drama for them this season. Moving on to Jenny and Submit. <clears throat> okay, so I want to start with this. I found this on uh, in the Sissy Squad on Facebook, and I just died. And we're gonna, I'm actually gonna just make it bigger so that you guys can see it a little bit better. You probably can't read it as well, so I'm gonna read it for you. So uh, one of the Sissy Squad members created this timeline, and this shit is hilarious to me. And what I want you guys to do first and foremost, uh, Christine says she's back in the U.S. and I don't think Benny is here. She is back in the U.S., Christine, but Benny is indeed back in the U.S. with her. They're both in New York City. Um, so I'll leave it at that. My news and gossip covers all of that stuff on a regular. Okay, so you guys, First, I want to say this. Let me pop myself back up so I can say this real quick to you. First, I want you guys to remember that Jenny and Binyam have been, uh, been together for 10 years. She's 63, about to be 64 in November, and he's 33. Now, do the math. That means she was 53 and he was 23 when they met. Okay? Keep that in your in your mind while I go through this timeline. So here's the timeline from the Sissy Squad. This is not mine, but I just thought it was hilarious. So the Jenny and Submit timeline, a brief history of psychosis, it says. So 2011, Submit masquerading as Michael Jones steals Jenny's elderly heart by sliding into her DMs on Facebook. At this time, Submit is 23 and Jenny is 53. In 2012, the catfishing scheme falls apart, but Jenny stubbornly refuses to release Submit from her hook. Messaging continues and escalates. 2013, Jenny scandalously infiltrates Samit's family home in India for four months and robs him of his virginity under his parents' roof. Now, in 2017, family Samit forces him into an arranged marriage. Samit does not tell Jenny about it, but does agree to be featured on a reality TV show. Then in 2018, Jenny, sponsored by TLC, travels to India to live with Samit, who is living a double life of Jenny's sub slash dutiful son slash husband. 2019, Samit's parents and in-laws crash through illicit love pad and lock Samit away. Jenny returns to the U.S. a shamed mistress with no furniture. 2020, or excuse me, 2020, Summit manipulates his parents into paying his in-laws $20,000 to release him from his arranged marriage. Jenny optimistically returns to India, which brings us to present day, where Jenny and Summit are both unemployed and quarantined in India during a global pandemic, have a ring ceremony postponed indefinitely. Now, if that does not sum up 
the nonsense. I don't know. Like this timeline is 1000% accurate. Ten years? You're begging this dude to marry you for ten years? Anyways, it's her birthday. About to be sixty-four. She's living her best life. She says he's got flowers delivered. They've had a lot of obstacles, to say the least, and challenges, to say the least. They met as a catfish, to say the least, and yet they're still together. And she wants to, she wants to be with Submit come hell and high water. Okay, now she's dying to get married to this dude, and that's all she wants. I'm not sure why getting married is the end all be all. I know that. She wants to get married so she can stay in India and live her life. But like, you've been with this dude for 10 years and he's yet to marry you. I, I don't know what's going to make that change. Why why should he marry you? You've been, you've been with him for 10 years and he's only 33 years old. You're 63 going on 64 now. He's wasted your whole... Let me not get started. So, she says she moved to India because she felt that this time they'd get married, but it didn't go as planned. Are we surprised? Are you surprised? Because I'm not surprised. Okay. So here we are. Now, dad won't allow it. Family won't allow it. We know that she moved back to the US and came back because he filed for divorce. And this time's going to be different. Now they're going to get married, but now they're not going to get married. They have a ring ceremony, but the dad says no. And the mom says no. And the brother says no. And the in-laws, everyone says no. But that's not the kicker, okay? This is the kicker to me. Jenny says, something always stops them from getting married. Do you know what that something is, Jenny? It's Summit. He can marry you if he wanted to. He's a grown-ass man. He's 33 years old. He could stand on his own two feet, stand up to his parents and just go marry you. But why does he not do that? Because he doesn't want to go against his family. Plus, he doesn't want to marry you. So he has a surprise for her. He's going to go to his astrologer that we find out has been his astrologer since he was five years old. So keep that in the back of your mind. So now they're getting ready, you guys to go see this astrologer. And when I say that I fell out, I fell out. I fell out and here's why. So they put on their masks, which, you know, COVID regulations, I'm all, I'm all about it. I'm not trying to have a mask debate with you. But the part that killed me is that they put on their, remember their COVID lanyards, the frigging COVID cards? Why were they both wearing their boat, their COVID lanyards? Like, Y'all both caught COVID during the pandemic. So what, I, was this before you caught COVID? Cause those lanyards clearly didn't work for you, but you're still wearing them to go, stop playing with me, stop it. I fell out you guys, I fell out. So they're wearing their COVID cards, they get in the car, they're gonna go to the astro uh, uh, astrologer. Um, and Sumit feels like that 
this astrologer is going to guide them the right way to get married. You know, as soon as he said that, that he was setting Jenny up for failure. For failure. So they get there. And when I say the worst intro ever, the worst intro ever. He says, this is Jenny. Like you predicted, I'd be in a relationship with an elder woman. Well, she is the elder woman in my life. Can you imagine? I was like, oh no. Then the astrologer said, yeah, I've known Samit since he was five. His dad used to come here. And the astrologer told the dad, when Samit was only five years old, talk about, what am I trying to say? Talk about putting negative vibes on a poor child's life. He said that he told the dad when Samit was five years old that he was going to, his marriage would be a failure and that he was going to go for an old woman. No wonder the dad doesn't come to the astrologer anymore. You just put some crazy hex on my five-year-old child and now his life has turned into a failed relationship and now he's with this old lady and he can't get rid of her and she wants to get married and now here they're back. Oh my God, what in the what? Anyhow, so the astrologer has already said all the things to a five-year-old. However, Jenny doesn't believe in astrology, but the astrologer says they shouldn't do anything when it comes to the parents because the parents have already decided their answer. So don't create a fight. Um, and you cannot alter the future, he says. So all you need to do is just maintain the relationship, maintain the love, and you people, he says, you people don't have to force a marriage very fast. I said, what? The astrologer is trying to say that they don't have to force. A this woman has been waiting for him for 10 years. What's very fast? What's very fast? I know that Samit slipped that dude. He's like, hey, bro. My woman's stressing me right now. She's stressing me. And I know that her visa is about to expire. And I know that she's about to stress me some more. So I'm going to go ahead and make an appointment with you. How much you caught? Like 20? Can I give you 20 rubies? How much is it? Okay, here. I venmo you real quick. I'm going to bring her over on her birthday. I'm going to need you to say we shouldn't rush getting into marriage because it's just going to cause mayhem and chaos in our lives. And... The planets say, don't do it. Don't rush. And the planets say, stop. And the planets say, just live your life and be happy. And also, can you tell her that um, not to bother my family because they've made their mind up and that's not going to change? We'll be there at five. So the astrologer says, don't get married very fast. And oh, Jenny, when's your birthday? Because, you know, let me just go ahead and scam you a little bit more. You said what? 11, 21, 19, what? Oh, 1957. When were you, when were you born? What time again? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
What's your daughter's name? Let me just type that in real quick. Oh yeah, it's so. Um, you're on social security, you said? Yep, yep. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, let me just put that in my computer. You know, it's the science part of it all. You're American? Oh, even better. <laughs> oh, what, your visa's about to expire? So I take all your money and you get deported? You can't come find me? Okay, so her visa's about to expire and she just really wants to get married. And he's saying it's not a good idea. Let God decide what is good for you, he said. If you force a marriage, you will end up fighting and it will break, he says. And then not only God is gonna decide, but the planets will make sure that it never happens. So I'm sorry, is it the planets? Is it the stars? Is it God? Who, who's giving you this information, Mr. Astrologer? Is it the planets? Is it, is it all of, is it God, the planets and the stars? I'm confused. I do know that you took down her information real quick in your computer though. Don't get married and don't force it. Jenny doesn't care though. Jenny says, I don't care what the astrologer says. I'm here for submit to marry me and he needs to marry me. And so the astrologer says one more thing as if it wasn't enough that, you know, if you guys plan a marriage, if you move to marriage, if you think about marriage, if you sneeze marriage, if you side-eye marriage, it's all gonna end up in zero. You already overstayed your visa, so something has to be done. They get back to the house and Jenny gets an email Okay, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but I'm an immigrant, okay? And I, I'm going to let you know that there's no country that I know of that just emails you your information. They're old school and they write a letter and they want to have it certified so that they can make sure that that gets delivered into your hand, that no one can scam you, that no one can tell you that they sent an email from a scam web. Anyhow, Jenny, miraculously that same day, came home to an email from the Indian Immigration Services saying that her tourist visa extension was closed instead of approved. So she's now overstayed and she's gonna have to go back. Samit gets on his phone, let me call a travel agent. I'm definitely not gonna marry you, but maybe we can go to Nepal for a couple of months on your dime because I don't work and we're living off of your social security checks. So let me just go ahead and text my friend who I have on speed dial and find out if he can get a trip. What's your credit card number so we can go to Nepal and then we can come back here and I can continue to not marry you. Oh, what, Nepal's closed? Where else can we go? Can we go to Bali? Oh shit, I can't go to Bali with you. I'm gonna have to send you alone because I conveniently also lost my passport. Okay. Jenny freaks out. Jenny freaks out. 
He's like, you're going to marry me. This is ridiculous. You're ruining my life. I came here because you said we're going to get married. We're not going to get married. I'm not, not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go back to America and never come back. Tells him to fuck off, throws a chair, and storms out. I'm going to need Jenny to not really get all hyped like that. I don't think it's good for her blood pressure. They're both just coming off of COVID. I think that she's going to need to just be zen. Woosa. Woosa. Also, that rage that she had, she could have gone ahead and save that rage for five years ago, or even eight years ago. I don't know, but you've been kicking it for 10 years and he ain't trying to marry you at any point in those 10 years. So why are you so outraged now? I'm outraged that you're outraged right now. Go ahead and just pack your bags and go. Just go, just, it's clear. When this dude, listen y'all, when this dude got on his cell phone and had his, travel agent on speed text with not like, hey, we should just get married and we won't have any problems. But no, where can we freaking go? You know that this fool is not trying to marry you. <sighs> He's not trying to marry you. He's just trying to be like, hey, how can we just, like he said, what did he even say? He said, and I wrote it down that I was like, he said either He said, either we can like get married or we can just walk this life together. That's what it, he wants, he wants to kick it with her until she can't kick it anymore. And then he'd be like, hey, I'm gonna kick you to the curb. Bye now, I'm about to go get married again and have some babies. 63 and 33, you met him when he was 23 and he was a catfish. But this, this is a good idea. This is who you're banking on to marry you. This is who you trust. The catfish model, Ugh. if you don't cut it out, the outrage, you should have been outraged 10 years ago. Let me tell you something. If someone tried to catfish me with fake model pictures and I found out, and then he sent me the real photo, there, listen, homie, you would have thought it, thought I invented ghosting. I would have ghosted so hard. I would have put your ass on blast so hard. What I wouldn't have done is packed up all my shit, cashed out my 401k and come find you. Okay. Last and certainly not least in my opinion, Steven from Salt Lake City. And it's Steven with a V. Wait, what do you do? Steven with a V. 25. And Alina, who's 20 from Russia. Now, I think that he's my new favorite, y'all. I think that he's my new favorite because he's a whole, everything about him is a hot mess. Every He's like awkward, a little bit nerdy. He's got this like, like he's constantly moving. Like I'm like, why is he moving all the time? So we see him and he's like lavish hair. He's like, is my hair okay? He's got that lion's mane, he says. 
He's super awkward. And he's just like, he's like, am I moving my arms too much? Yes, Steven, you're moving your arms too much. Sit still so I can focus on the new person. Yes, you're doing too much right now. All, all the things that you're thinking in your head, yes. Take a deep breath, Steven, with a V, and just sit still. All this stuff that you're doing, it's too much. I'm trying to focus. So we find out that Steven's a jack of all trades. He's into a little bit of marketing, a little bit of nonprofit. Right now, he does door-to-door -door sales for pest control. And I don't know about you guys, but I fell out because as soon as I thought about the age, then I thought about Brandon, because you know, Brandon does pest control. And then I thought like, do they work for the same company? I wonder if they know each other. Like I, I did the whole thing, you guys. I went down the rabbit's hole. But he realizes that that pest control is not his passion. I've never heard that in my life. Who, who's, do you know someone out there in the world, if you know someone who's passionate about bugs, I need to interview them. I've never heard that before in my life. But he says he's not passionate about bugs. And in fact, he doesn't think um, bugs need to be killed because they have spirits too. And then he does this, I haven't mastered it yet, but this <laughs> laugh that he does every so often, you know, it's a nervous laugh, but it's also like, I just get killer vibed like he just he does it every so often so between the uh, and the it's, it's a lot going on and i i love him for it poor thing i love him for it but there's a lot going the hair the twitching the arm movement and the laughs like steven you're doing a lot steven with the v i'm just i'm starting to get to know you and i'm a little worried right now but i'm gonna remain neutral so he's getting all dressed up. He puts on his tie. He's got his white shirt on. He's going upstairs. And at first, we see this older gentleman sitting at a laptop. And we find out his name is Bob. And Stephen's like, hi, Bob. Like, but I just read the screen. And the screen said that Bob's your dad. Why are you calling Bob Bob? And then Julie, his mom, he says, hi, mom. And he sits down. Bob says, welcome to church services. They're online. And we find out that Stephen with a V is living with his mom. And we find out that Bob is a stepdad. So then it made a little bit more sense. Like maybe that's why he's calling Bob, Bob instead of dad, because it's a stepdad. And he also lives with his younger brother. And Stephen lives in the basement, which is a whole, let me not make up stories but I'll just say Stephen lives in the basement. Uh, they're Mormon, they belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Faith is really, really important in his life. He went on a mission because of the Mormons go on missions when he was 19 and he lived in Eastern Europe for two years and he learned the language. And that was one of the things that I was like, hey, finally a cast member on the American side decides that they're gonna learn the language. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, finally. So he learned the language. Uh, he met Alina on a Russian, excuse me, on a language ex exchange site. And on Friday, you guys remembered me to tell you on News and Gossip, I found out exactly what site they met on. And so I want to talk about that on News and Gossip. But they met on a language exchange site. 
they started getting interested in each other and he's like, yeah. And so then I started flirting with her and I said, can I have your number? <laughs> that laugh of his. And so they started talking every day. She found out he was Mormon and she didn't like it. She's, he says that she thinks in Russia, he said Russia, sees it as a cult. Uh, so she was nervous and didn't want to meet him in real life because she was afraid he was going to sell her organs. And then the producer says, do Russians have very good organs? And he's like, ha ha. So he invited the mom to join them on their first date. And then he said, killer vibes to me, said, you know, I just thought that was weird because it's easy to kidnap two people, but it made her feel comfortable. I was like, Stephen with a V, I watched the ID channel and for you to even, I, okay. Let me just note, make a mental note in the back of my mind that you, that's where your mind went to. So as soon as they met, they had an instant connection. It was magical for two weeks. And then he went back. Of course, it's always the last two weeks where these people meet each other and fall in love. Uh, they've been dating over a year, but really they've only seen each other for 14 days in real life. Uh, but they want to start their lives together. And he originally was going to move to Russia, but then the pandemic had other plans for them. So it changed everything. And so they found a country that they could move to. And so they're going to move to Turkey uh, so they can be together immediately, if not sooner. And from there, they're going to, they have 90 days to get married in Turkey and then move to Russia so that they can go through that whole visa process. Now, in the meantime, we also meet Mitch and Jordan, both of his brothers. Um, he's leaving. So Stephen with the V is leaving in a week. They're having like their Sunday family dinner. We find out that both of the brothers have left the church for their own personal reasons, but Stephen with the V is still actively involved in his church. And then, Y'all, this fool, and my bad for calling this fool, but this 25-year-old on international TV for the rest of his natural-born life excused himself, got up from the table where all the snacks were and his family was, and said, excuse me, I have to fart. Walks a few meters away, does his fart and like does the motions to like move the smell away, does the <laughs> laugh and comes back. Now, Okay, let me just not. I'm just not going to go there. I'm not. Let me just say I paused it and I had to rewind it. And I was just like, what's happening right now? Like, literally, what is happening right now? Mom says that 
you know, he's just a carefree being. He does weird and random things. And I want to just let you guys know that I watched the ID channel, okay? That show that there have there were signs. I'm going to have to remember the name of the show, but there were signs. Like, it almost came to me. Like, a strange, stranger lives here, or danger lives here, or whatever. But there had been signs. And then cue the dramatic music. It's all that. It's all that. You're going to tell me, in the 10 minutes that we got to know Steven, that... He first, he's doing some weird hair thing. His hair is a lion. He does this like moving the arms, twitch thing, and then the ah, laugh that's like random, nervous. Then he talks about uh, cults. Then he talks about kidnapping. I don't know. I'm just, the fart put it over the top for me. Anyhow, it's moving to Turkey, leaving in a week. Uh, they need to be married in 90 days, and the brothers have some concerns. They're like, you're moving across the world for this girl that you've really only known for two weeks in real life. How do you know that this is going to work? Like, is it going to work for the next three months, the next year, next two years, next five years? And listen, at 25, you're going to be a completely different person than you are at 30. And a, again, another person at 35. So like, how do you know in two weeks that this is the real deal? You might want to think about it. And then the brother asks, what if Alina doesn't want to be a Mormon? And then he says, well, it won't work. And it's not going to work out if she doesn't convert. Okay, so is that a conversation that you should maybe have before you move to Turkey and have her leave Russia and move to Turkey as well? Should you not have that conversation? And those of you that watch my show, what are the four things that I tell you guys that you need to talk about all the time before you get in a committed relationship? I need someone to tell, what are the four things that you guys need to have a conversation about before you get in a committed relationship? Because clearly, Stephen with a V, who expects Alina to convert to Mormonism, has not had that conversation, but she's supposed to pick up her life and he's picking up his life without having this conversation. Now I know he's only 25, but like you need to have that conversation immediately and not sooner. Yes, better days. You need to talk about sex. How important is sex in your life? How is it important important is it going to be in your life? How is it going important is it going to be in your relationship? What does it mean to you? And what does that look like? Do you want kids? Do you not want kids? If you want kids, where in the pipeline do you want kids? Finances, how do you deal with finances? How do you save? How do you spend? What does that look like? Are you, do you believe in something? Yes, he does. He's a Mormon. Is it important that I believe? Yes, it is because she he wants her to convert. Why have you not had that conversation? All of those things you need to talk about. So... There's a secret, apparently. And he's worried that he, Stephen, has not told Alina that he's fallen short of the standard of church and he's afraid she'll doubt him. What, what's the secret? The first thing that I, that came, like, what's the secret? What's the, now I have to Google the standards because now I'm going to have to find out what the standards of the church are so that I can share with you. But the first thing that came to my mind is that he's not a virgin that he probably like lost his virginity. No, actually he has that virgin energy. So it's not that. 
if any of you guys are Mormon, I need to know what the standards are. I'm going to look it up. But if you could tell me, leave a note in the comments, I would appreciate it. But he's hiding a secret from her. And he also wants her to convert. Those are red flags. Because if she doesn't know those things and y'all are moving, just the two of you, a 20-year-old and a 25-year-old to Turkey, good luck. Good luck. Red flags. Red flags. Anyways, you guys, like, thank you so much for letting me run amok on this episode. I cannot wait for this season. It's going to be a whole lot of nonsense, and I'm 100% here for it. Uh, definitely take a minute to hit that thumbs up button for me, you guys. I will be back with two shows tomorrow. Thank you for bearing with me this week. Um, tomorrow, I am doing Life After Lockup and Love in the Caribbean. So I'll see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful rest of Tuesday. Bye for now.